Michael Yo's got his own show. Michael Yo's got his own show. If you're looking for a place to go, the only place to go is the Yo Show. The only place to go is the Yo Show. Brian Scalaro in the building. He's a comedian, actor. You know, we, we were hanging uh, backstage yeah. at the cellar, and I wanted to get you on the podcast because you got so many great stories. And I love how I'm going to give people what you told me really quick. Sure. You started comedy, but then you blew up in acting for like a hot seven, eight years. Yeah. You were on a lot of things, and now you're back to comedy. And I love your journey through that. Well, it was a sad journey because the first, um, it started comedy right at the Comedy Cellar in 90s. You, you started there. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. my, there was Boston Comedy Club, which is where all the cellar comedians would go without rules. So uh, it was around the corner. So we would go there. And we'd Wait, there was a place called the Boston Comedy, Comedy Club, Club in on, New York, yeah, cool. or, across the street from the cellar. Yeah. Around, wow! So all okay. the cellar guys would play there too. There was like a deal, like you can just not play there the same nights, right? So we would uh, go there and we would practice our stuff, and then we take the stuff that worked and bring it to the cellar. Robert Kelly brought me into the cellar. Uh, first of all, I gotta say that the cellar, at like ninety-five to two thousand one, they would have one show would go from nine p.m. to two a.m. It would always be closed by the Fuqua. And it was fantastic. Like you're watching Patrice, then Jim, ne- then Jim Norton, then Greg Giraldo, and uh, Nick DiPaolo, and then like Bill Burr, and then you know, uh, DC Betty. It was all just boom, 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 Tony Rock all the way through. And it was like that none of them were famous yet. They were all in their mid-30s, so the prime of their life. Yep. And there was no PC, no internet, so you couldn't, couldn't get in trouble. Everything was edgy. And it was probably the best experience of my life was just watching those comedy solo shows from for, for every every day for like five years. Well, now those names you say we know because yeah, back then you didn't yeah. you didn't know it. But was there still that pressure because they they crushed it was back? Then. It was it was everybody was killing, and the only way to play the room was to kill. I always say there's a great line um, in um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Where he says, if you look out the window with the right pair of eyes, you can see the high water mark where the wave finally broke and rolled back. Mm-hmm. To me, the greatest moments in comedy was 95 to 2001 in the cellar. I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life. Everybody was killer. Everybody. And occasionally, Chappelle would come by and John Stewart, and they were famous. But and Colin Quinn. But everybody, it was just, the, the show was boom, 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 all the way through. The only, the only... The only thing you had to do was kill. That's all you had to do. And I, I find it interesting. Like, I went to the cellar for the first time just two weeks ago. The one in New York. Yeah, City, yeah. That's and I performed. And it's fun, it, right? It went, like yeah. like you said, there's killers. Every yeah. person's a killer. Yeah. You know, and then you go on and you kill. And yeah. it's just like, it, it's this, oh, I belong here. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? No, well, nobody knew my name in New York. No, com- mm-hmm. no other comics knew my name. But the first week I got past the cellar, they all suddenly knew my name. It was tremendous. So then from there, I got thrown on a, 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 I did an NBC pilot and an NBC sitcom. They threw me on a, the pilot didn't go, but they threw me on the sitcom. Now, did they discover you at the cellar? No. I happen to have a really good theatrical manager. A lot of people go comedic manager, and that's who gets you the personal appearance agent, put you in the clubs. I went theatrical, and a theatrical manager who got me a good theatrical agent, and I got thrown on TV as an actor. And so I remember Tony Rock was on stage. I went on stage and I told everybody, I, I'm moving to L.A. They just, I'm going to be on a TV show. And then people were like, yeah, okay. And then Tony Rock on stage, he goes, no, I don't think you people realize. Yeah, right. He's fucking, he's going to be on a fucking sitcom. And the crowd was like, eh. Like, it was such a good send off. And then uh, it was, what's sad about it is the sitcom, 
It lasted uh, two years, but 9-11 happened yeah. about two weeks into the show's run. What was the name of the show? It was called Three Sisters. It's right there. Nobody knows. But it yeah. was on right before uh, Frasier. And Emerald was the sitcom that led us in. And I would say to Laurie Kilmarn, Emerald was too jarring after 9-11. You don't want to hear a guy go, bam. Yeah, right. <laughs> so nobody fucking, a lot of people, but it was a good show. And I got to learn to act with, with network money. Then, then I had an ABC holding but, deal. But hold on. Who was on the show with you? The girl I had the biggest crush on. Mm -hmm. You might be, you might be too old, young for this. Mm -hmm. My so-called life, there was a girl called AJ Langer. Okay, she's the girl in lingerie in Escape from LA. Man, she's pretty. I played her boyfriend back when I was thin and cute. Uh huh. And Diane Cannon and Vicky Lewis from News Radio. The so the, how the do you walk that line between? You know, I act too, but. I haven't, well, let me say this. How do you walk that line between, and you're single at the time. I'm married, so I, it's I, no I told her I was attracted to her right away. That, okay. was, that was such a stupid, you can't do that. Yeah. But I didn't Did it know. make it weird the whole time then? She was, uh, uh, no, she was a pro. Okay. She was, and everybody was really nice to me, and I was so gung-ho to be happy. I was so happy. Like, now you see me, I'm angry and bitter backstage. <laughs> you're I'm not. I'm drinking, I'm you're talking not. shit. But, like, I was a really happy person back then. But then after that, I did a, um, uh, I did an, there was an ABC pilot, and then we decided again, and then I had a CBS holding deal, and then I had the Fox sitcom with Christopher Lloyd and Pam Manson called Stacked, and that was the best part of my life. And then the fucking writer strike happened, oh followed my by God. the followed by the economy collapse, and so my momentum died as an actor. So I do a lot of guest roles now, but my time as a regular was pulled away because of the writer strike. Because everyone got shoved down a level. Yeah. Like, you know, all of a sudden David Spade went from movies to TV. Kevin yeah. Bacon went from movies well, to TV. Well, because they're not making as many movies, so now yeah. the movie actors are yeah. television actors, which pushes the which, people. Yeah. yeah. It pushed me down to guest role. So I play a lot of gym coaches on Disney Channel now. <laughs> How do you like the Disney Channel? I like it, but the girls are really cute. They're only 16. You're like, okay, don't say that. I better, I better go to my room. I'm don't, saying. Don't say that out loud. What I'm saying is I, go, I stay in my room. <laughs> okay. I stay in my room. It doesn't help they put me in sweatpants a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm Some not, of them are eighteen. I'm not. I'm not taking part in this conversation. No, but um, what's it, what's what's cool about working with kids? Because I worked on the show on Apple with right. kids. You're done at five. Yeah, the kids got to be. Done they got the, what they call yeah. them pumpkins. They got to like. Yeah. They got to be gone. And that. Yeah. I never worked in where these people are shooting 14, 15 yeah, hour I've days. Done, those are rough. Uh, yeah. Pam Anderson was cool because she had her children were young, so she wanted to drop them off at school. And picked them up at school, so we didn't start work until 10 a.m. and then we were done by 2 p.m. Isn't it? So we're talking like, was it a five-hour day? It yeah, was, it was a blast. I mean, when you're on set with Pam Anderson, like back mm -hmm. then she was on every calendar, every yeah. like she was the it girl. How what, how was she? Was she nice? She was really great, man. Yeah. She was. Um, I'll tell you a good story. She said to me, uh, she said next to me, she goes, "Who's who's uh, Ali G?" And I go, "Because Ali G was the biggest guy right then." I go, "Why?" She goes, he wants me to do his movie. I go, do it. She's like, no, but you think? I go, do it. So she was at the end of Borat. I yeah. say because of me. But also she was uh, really giving. Like there was a, she was doing Kimmel. And Jimmy Kimmel's show was down the street from my, my house. And she goes, I'm doing Kimmel. I was like, oh, I live down the street. She goes, come. So I went to visit. And you know, in the beginning, they show pictures of people like coming up. Yeah. So she grabs me and she kisses me. and opens my shirt and starts kissing me. And then they, they take a picture and they go, okay, now we just want one of you. And she goes, no, use that one. Like she wanted me to get, she shared her celebrity with me.
very so the opening I, I of Kimmel her. is her kissing you <laughs> yeah, oh my god so you know how much I got laid that week from other people because <laughs> like I walked into the green room all the girls like who's this fat guy walking in with Pam Anderson it was a great it was a great job now now you're on TV you're yeah. living the Hollywood life yeah, you're was, probably making about 30 grand a week 32 grand an episode for two years and Christopher Lloyd's there I'm working with my how many episodes are you shooting a year uh, the first one was short. First one was six. Uh huh. We had six guaranteed to go on TV. Yep. And then the uh, the next one was like nineteen. <sighs> yeah. It was one. It's on. It was on Hulu. I think they just pulled it. And then and then since you're since you're on that show, everybody knows you in Hollywood now. Now, are you at the store? Are you at the Laugh Factory? I'm at the store now a lot. Yeah. Okay. I but love I'm the talking store. about back then in your. No, you know, because you know what. Uh, did you kind of fall off a of comedy? You stopped. No, doing no, it? I did. But you know what? What definitely. Uh, when you're moving from New York, having 10 spots a night, eight spots a night. Yeah. Moving to LA and having two spots a week. That was, that was a difficult transition to go from writing. You could write a joke at 7 p.m. in New York and it could be perfected, perfected by midnight. Yeah. Now, suddenly it's taken you months and yeah. months to perfect a joke. And then you go back home and Jim Norton has a whole hour. <laughs> You feel like a, you feel like a heel. You feel like a dick. They're like you're saying the same jokes. No, you but, when you're like, yeah, but they were. They just, they, Jim Norton would be like, "You're on TV. We know that." Yeah, no, no, they were all so supportive. Like that's one thing about New York comics. I love the support is huge. They support each other so well, and like they they all like, they put each other in things. Like Amy Schumer got a show, and David Tell's in the movie, and Keith Robinson's in the movie. Like you know, I love that. Anyway, but it, it was just it was tremendous fun. I have so many seller stories though. Yeah. I, uh, Chris Rock's on stage, and there's this drunk white kid in a, in a suit with two girls on either side of him. He's, he's not being a dick. He's just like, blah, 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 blah. You know, he's just like trying to be part of the show. Chris Rock's just talking over him. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, I'll do that too. So I'm next. So I, I, you can follow. It's easy to follow celebrities to the cellar because they're always trying their stuff. So you can go up there and seem like a genius. You know, ride his. Ride so the wave. I, so I do that. I'm talking over the guy. He's like, blah, 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 blah. I'm just talking over him. Next to Sharon Small. You know Sharon? No, I don't. I don't Sharon, know Sharon. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. He was probably one of my better friends in comedy. So he goes on. So we all go upstairs to the cellar. Well, I go upstairs to the cellar. And when you mean go upstairs so everybody the knows. Olive, the Olive Tree Cafe. The Olive Tree Cafe downstairs is the McDougal room, as they call yeah. it. Yeah, that's so, the hot. That's, that, like the, that's, that's, that's the original place. Yeah. So we're upstairs, and above the bar is a small TV that shows you what's going on on stage. Yep. So as I'm talking to like Russman Eve and like Chappelle, whoever was there, I look up. And I see Sherrod doing this on stage and just people running around. It's like, what the fuck is going on? So I go downstairs and there's mayhem. So apparently what happened was two Italian kids in the back got annoyed at this drunk kid and smashed a beer mug over his head. So now I go outside to smoke a cigarette. I'm talking to Sherrod. We're like, well, that's crazy. I guess the, one, the show's on hold right now. And then cops come. They put the two Italian kids in the car. The guy comes out. Covered in blood. He goes, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue this place. The ambulance is on his way. I'm going to sue the ambulance. And then he goes, I'm an innocent bystander. So I looked at him. I go, ah, you're not that innocent. And he looks at me like, why is this guy? He was funny. I liked him. Why is he being uh -huh. So then the next day, my mother calls me. And she goes, what's going to happen with the cellar? I go, what do you mean? She goes, the cellar. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. got attacked with the cellar. And I go, that was Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> and then she goes, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. So this is, I never forgot this. I went to the cellar the next day, and Manny, the owner of the cellar, who I loved, is sitting there with 
Chappelle or Patrice or Nick DiPaolo and Colin Quinn, and he's laughing. He's got the New York Post, and the cover is, Trump's going to sue the seller. You know, uh, Chris Rock being called in as a witness, you know? <laughs> I swear to God, and he's laughing. And I go, man, aren't you concerned? He goes, you can't buy publicity like this. No, you can't. And I realized Donald Trump was, he's, he's promoting himself too. It was all just promotion. I'm sure as a dad, he was upset. And I think they spoke later on. Uh, Manny appealed to him as a father. Uh-huh. But at the time, I'm pretty sure they both just were like, hey, look, promotion, you know? Wait, and so when you say Donald Trump Jr., you're talking about Donald Trump the president or yeah. Donald Trump's because wait Donald Trump son, Donald what's, Trump what's Donald's son name Donald Trump Jr. So they're both named Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, uh-huh. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh wow. So he uh, got attacked with the seller. I'll never forget it. So when all when the country was going crazy, I'm like, I don't know, I've, I've I'm very familiar with this family. <laughs> I don't know, like you know, they're pretty crazy. Uh, the only Donald Trump story I have, which was kind of weird, was I was at the White House Correspondents' Dinner the night Donald, I mean, uh, Barack Obama kind of pissed him off and made him want to run. Right. At the court, because he had a bunch of jokes about him. Wow. So I'm interviewing Donald Trump on the red carpet with Melania. Wow. And he looks at me and goes, Oh, me and my wife, we watch you every night, like in a, like a sexy way. And I'm like, oh, what? that's that's gross. Like it was very weird. It was just like an awful. Like we watch you every night. And Milani was like, yeah. And I was like, Ooh, this, is, this is pretty disgusting. This is disgusting. So uh, you go through this in Hollywood. Yeah. And did you you do guest roles now? Yeah. You still do the comedy. You're at the comedy cell. No, Stand up comedy is great. Yeah. Yeah. And this play, this club. What were you gonna say? I no, no, this. no. I I just love because this club I started. A little bit after that, like probably about six months ago. Right. Only six months at this club, the cellar. Yeah. But it's, fam- it's family, bro. Yeah, it's they, family. They, they, they treat, they're so good. Yeah. Uh, they're so, I remember I, I loved, my love Esty. I love Gnome. No, they take care of me. I got called them. I said, you know, I, I got MS. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I want to get on an airplane right now because I have lowered immune system. And they were like, oh, we'll book you at uh, Vegas. Like, thank you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what comic, what club do you know that would do that? For you, yeah. you know what I mean? So, um, they're so nice. So I could just drive to Vegas. But I um, I love them. And you are fucking killing it. Too. Oh, thank you, Let man. I appreciate you, it. We're not making it easy. We're up there talking about dicks. We're talking about ass fucking. <laughs> I, I, at least eight of my jokes ended shitting. <laughs> and you go up talking about your family and the crowd's like, yay. I'm like, That's, that shows you that there are no rules to comedy. Like, you would think that putting four dirty people before you would fuck you up. It doesn't. Oh. You're killing Well, thank you, man. Yeah, thank I'm very impressed, man. Oh, well, I appreciate if it. I would, if I were you, I would have complained and complained and complained. But you were like, ah, just fuck it. No, you, you know what, what I love? I love that everybody, no matter what type of content they do, everybody crushes here. That's what I love. The seller is amazing. That, and, and you just ride the wave. Yeah. You know, it's like, to me, if everybody's laughing... Yeah. They'll, if your shit's funny, they're going to laugh. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah. I don't care what the person before me is talking the about. The only person I had a hard time following was Patrice O'Neill and Leslie, Le- Leslie Jones. Leslie, yeah. Leslie Jones, it's like a cartoon walked on stage. You know what I mean? Like she's jumping <laughs> I, around. I, I got to be like, honest with you. The person, the only person I've struggled, and I've went after tons of big uh, comedians. I didn't know her at the time. Jessica Curson. Oh, yeah, yeah. She kills it. Fucking monster, bro. Yeah. Monster. All you got to do is reference them. And that's what I learned. Yeah. I didn't know how to ride the wave. Yeah. You got 
this for any new comic that's coming up or anybody in the comedy industry, you will see comedians if they don't acknowledge the person before them that just destroyed, they will die a slow yeah, death yeah. on stage because you have to view it like the audience does. You yeah. got to acknowledge, wow. Yeah. Like, and that's what I learned that after the Jessica yeah. curse. It literally took me two minutes to get everybody back. Sure. You know, yeah, I do, I've learned that after David Tell. I would follow David Tell a lot. Mm -hmm. And David Tell's up there going, uh, it's Halloween tonight, or as the pedophile community calls it, the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like, how am I going to go up there talking about sneezing? Yeah. After that, you know, I mean, I have to make a transition. Yeah. And so you're like, I don't think my jokes are going to be anything like that. I, you know, I'll just reference it. Just reference them, yeah. yeah. Uh, it just, it helps. I don't know why. It, it does because now the audience knows you acknowledge them and then it kind of resets the room for you. Yeah. You yeah. know, if the slow death is they destroy and then you just go up doing jokes, people yeah. are like, no, they haven't recovered from this exactly, other person. Exactly. You, yeah. yeah. So any new comedians out there, definitely learn how to reset the room because I went off to Jessica Kirsten and I just thought, oh, she crushed, I'm a crush. Yeah, well, she's definitely at her peak right now. She's been quietly building. Oh, she's a monster. Yeah, I've known her for at least 25 years and so. Isn't it crazy that you so can now, be in the game for 25 years yeah. and then, like, I'm sure comedians know she crushed, but now the world is finding out she yeah. crushed. You know, Bill Burr backing her helped. You know, a lot of people that know you know you for a long time. Yeah. And you don't get your due. Like, Jessica's always been kind and professional uh, and I think, and funny. And, like, I didn't know her. She played the strip, the comic strip, but I never saw her at the cellar. And all of a sudden, I come back one time. She's famous. She's got a famous podcast, a famous special, and... It's amazing. Yeah. And I keep thinking everything I did was before the fucking Facebook and YouTube, and I get a little jealous sometimes. Yeah. No, I, I can understand. I have like, to show people pictures. I was on TV. So boy, I did the, the, the it's kind of like, like these I, people that not, I mean, long before you that never get any residuals mm -hmm. from their TV shows, and they're still fucking playing. You know? Art Carney. Art Carney, one of the, probably the greatest. He invented the side character of sitcoms mm -hmm. on the very first sitcom ever. Didn't get any residuals at all for honeymoons. Not one. See? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, you were on Mad Men, too. I was on Mad Men. How'd you, now, what seasons were you on? Because they did four or five, right? Well, I, was on, I was on the opening. We had five million people watch it. It was the yeah. opening episode of season five. Okay. So I come in at the end, and then they reference my character again at the end of season five. So, you know, you watch the show? I did the first two seasons. Okay. It's a very, like, I love Matthew Weiner, I think his name a, a is, lot of, uh, and yeah. John Hamm. But it, to me, the first season, it was a very slow-moving show. Yeah. But it was beautifully shot. There's, um, there's, a, there's a movie called The Seventh Samurai, mm -hmm. and it's so, it's, done, it's so slow. Yeah. And then when it ends and everybody gets killed, it means so much more. Yeah. Because you watch them all for three hours. So they always say it's like reducing a sauce. Like you, you boil a sauce and it reduces and reduces, it reduces, it tastes really good. So Mad Men, you watch these characters talk and talk and talk. And then when one kills himself or one gets fired, it means so much, much more to you. Much more. Yeah. So I, it's kind of, so I understand that because I hate slow-moving shows. But it also helped because Christina Hendricks was in it, you know. There you go. So that kind of helped keep you rocking. So what, is there any cool stories from Mad Men? You know, that, that was, you had? Well, it's just more of an acting story. You yeah. act. So this yeah. is like, I have a scene with Jaron Harris, and my line is, you're a, my line is, you're a real gentleman. So I go, you're a, you're a real gentleman. And they come up to me and they go, it's not you're a, you're a, it's you're a, meaning you're a real gentleman, not you're a, you're a real gentleman. They wouldn't even let me stutter. 
So I was like, okay, you can't. I look at Jared Harris. I go, they, they don't like you fucking. He goes, oh, you have no idea. They don't. Oh, so they were lying on. Yeah. So I was like, I like to add something to everything I do. Yeah. So I'm like, how do I add? So I'll add something physical. And usually, usually as a guest role, they'll, like I did an episode of Harry's Law with Kathy Bates. Yep. And in, She's great, by yeah, the way. I, I worked with her on my birthday, and I told her this is my birthday. She was like, no, how come you're not? I was like, because I don't want anybody to know. I'm just happy to act with you on my birthday. And at the end of the week, she was like, happy secret birthday, which was a little creepy. Yeah. I, I loved. <laughs> but she was so nice to me. Yeah. And so um, so in that show, I say somebody committed suicide, and I, I decided to get sad for a second and then continue my line. As a guest role, to save time, they cut my pause. Yeah. So it looks like I'm going, my friend committed suicide. Anyway, like, you know, yeah. that's what it looks like. Yeah. In Mad Men, they left in every physical huff, puff, eye roll. Because it's a slower show. Yeah. And, the, and also they realize that it helps the acting. Like, they would go five minutes over if they had to. It would be an yeah. hour and five minutes, you know? So, um, so there's a scene where Jared Harris stole the picture of my girlfriend from my wallet. Mm -hmm. And he gives me back my wallet. So I'm a New Yorker. I'm counting, I'm counting the money. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I look at him, like, and he thinks. About the picture. Yeah, but I just made that up. But I stopped and looked at him. So he was like, he froze. Like, did he just... Is he is he saying that he knows the picture's gone? But really, I'm a New Yorker, so look at him like he didn't steal any money. Uh huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, now, now. But it created this great moment, and they were like, "Do that longer, make him sweat." And as an actor, that was fucking awesome. That's great to create something on Mad Men that uh, an actor's show, and say, "Do that, do that more." Now, what made you come to that choice? Like, did you practice that, I or want, was that something I, in the moment? That I just want attention. Yeah, you want the camera on you. Well, well, you want I, no, I was like, I'm finally on Mad Men. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's a good part. Yeah. I know it's not, it helps when you, you know, if you go do a set and you throw in one new line. You won. Suddenly, the whole bits, the whole fucking act is better. Yeah. You know why, remember yesterday I was saying I didn't enjoy my sets yesterday? You yeah. Know, you know why? I didn't, I didn't throw in anything new. But on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I did. So I was like, tonight I'm going to throw in a, a new joke every show. Because so, it'll bring to life the entire the rest well, of the stuff. There's this so book. that's what that's what acting is. Like. I, I I got you. I got, right. I totally know where. I mean, you could do a set and it's crushing, but in your mind, you're not even in it. No, yeah, yeah, but you, yeah. the crowd's laughing. They're like, but you just kind of checked out. Yeah, that's that was last night. Yeah. So to like my thing is, I'm trying to get this new special out. So I love like is I'm glad you said that. You know how the sets are going. Because my stuff is, is 100% about family. Yeah. And I I know if I'm doing that after the content of other people, mm -hmm. like when it's my crowd and my show, oh, it's going to, it's going to, yeah. it feels but, so good. But what's great, I'm, I'm literally, I literally leave the stage doing a joke about pedophilia <laughs> and then phone sex. And then an act out about phone sex. And it crushes. Because <laughs> I hear the laughter and I love that though. And, and it's destroying. And then I go in there and I sit down. And I hear a big laugh with you, and I go, it's like it didn't even exist. <laughs> That's the first thing I think. I was like, Michael is fucking great. <laughs> but for really, you're a nice guy. You're a fucking strong act. You're professional. You're good looking. You're going to be. You're gonna have a great career, man. Oh, man, I appreciate yeah, no, it. I'm very confident. Well, let me, let me ask you this, then. For the people that are in the industry, either comedy or acting, what is, what is like uh, a mistake you made or something you regret or, mm. or a piece of great advice for anybody in the game? There's a lot. There's so many ways. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through everything I know. Uh, all that matters in this business is momentum, heat, or are you good looking? So, a good looking person can suddenly um, 
be thrown like Megan Fox. Yeah. Was all of a sudden on Transformers. Uh, the reason my acting career slowed down was because my momentum had stopped. Yeah. So when when Bill Burr had three hours in his head, by the time that incident in Philadelphia happened, so by the time he was in Philadelphia, he was prepared to have two specials back to back. So that so, and and what you're saying is basically the Philadelphia incident that people don't know. Oh. It was at a radio show. No. And, yeah. Well, they though it was in a fucking theater. It was an Opie and Anthony comedy show at a theater. Yeah, but it was sponsored by some Opie, radio yeah, DJ, Opie, Opie and Anthony, yeah. right? So uh, they all were these com- everybody. they're booing everybody, and Bill Bird says, "No, I'm not getting off," and he just goes at the crowd, and yeah. it goes viral. He just couldn't wait to leave. He was like, yeah. 10 more minutes." They yeah. booed Dom Herrera, and yeah. you don't boo you don't boo Dom Herrera for coming. And he's well, he's a he's a godfather. Of stuff. Yeah. So the, my I think my point is preparation. The best advice I ever got. I was an intern for Comedy Channel, and there was a show called X Fifty Seven, and it had Stephen Colbert on it and Amy Sedaris from Strangers Mechanic. Yeah. And I was an intern, like I was bringing them soda and jelly beans and shit. And I look up, and just recently they had an HBO Young Comedian special on on TV, and it had Louis C.K., Dave Chappelle. Uh, Gene Pompa, uh, uh, David David Tell, did I say David? Yeah. Dave Spell, David Tell, Gene Pompa, Louis C.K., a few other people. And so I walk up, and they're at the party. I like, go, what the fuck? They're at the rap party of the show. So I walked up to them, and I'm so new. Like, yeah. I had done, like, maybe five shows. So I walked up to them. I said, guys, do you have any advice for a new comic? I might as well throw a dead baby in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're having fun. I fucking yeah, yeah. did that. They all walk away. Like, But I don't blame them. Louis C.K. was like, oh, yeah. yeah. David Tell had a cigarette, like, I got He walked away. And then fucking, uh, I'll never forget, Dave Chappelle was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then Gene Pompa, uh, this is a great comic. He walked up, to, he took a step up to me, and he put his arm on my shoulder, and he said, get the best 15 minutes you have and sell that. And that's all I did. And when comics are like, how did you get in the cellar? How did you get in Gotham? How did you get in? I was like, I got the best 15 minutes yeah, I could. Yeah. And I sold it. I, I would go to club to club. And when I got into the cellar, I, I was professional. Esty would be in the bottom of the staircase. I go, Hi, Robert Kelly recommended me to you. Here's my VHS tape. I'll watch it soon. Come back. VHS la- tape. Yeah, come man. back later. Hi, did you get a chance? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I'll check. How back. long did it take her? About two months. But I was. What was good about me was that I was in out. She's busy. Mm-hmm. So did you watch the tape? Nope. I'll check back later. I didn't hang out. Can I get a free drink? Can I watch the show? None of that shit. Did you? Did you? Don't fucking hang out. And yeah. think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you? Did, was she still always watching? Well, I guess. Yeah. Did they have just sitting at that bar? Well, watch? Yeah, she was protective of Colin and Daryl Hammond. She, yeah. was, she knew that if the celebrities are happy, then the show will be fine. Yeah. So, like, she would make sure that the show started off great. I, I love Esty. I'm still terrified yeah. of her 25 years I'm later. Ne- you know, I talk to her all the time. I've never met her. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited to meet. I met Liz though. She's a no, fire. Liz I love yeah. Liz. Is great. It's the greatest club in the world, and it always will be. And it that's and I travel the world. Yeah. And other comedians in other countries ask about the cellar. So if that doesn't tell you that it's not the best club in the world, then I don't know what will. You know what I mean? That's it literally great. is. And this is basically me be saying, please book me again. They- <laughs> I really need the money. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Scalaro, how can people find you and things like that? I'll find Brian Scalaro.com or uh, it's S C O L A R O. And also, I've got a YouTube channel. I haven't paid attention to it until this year. Yeah. So, if you want to subscribe to that, it's got, if you go to my video page and scroll down, it's got so much shit on it. Okay. And subscribe. I need some, I need some, I need, fool me into thinking my career's still going. All right. Help All me. Right. 
Keep well, me off the ledge. Well, like I said, you're one of the nice ones. And uh, honestly, you know, backstage, you, you play this image like you're a tough guy. No, I don't. Do yeah, I you do. I'm like, hey, you know, you're a I'm, tough guy. I just come off that way because I'm fat. And I'm tired. <laughs> but I'm, but, I'm, I'm but a you're a teddy bear. I'm you're a teddy, teddy bear. bear. But yeah. I, I really don't try to be tough. I just, I think I had a few drinks in me. And it's hard to talk over Dean Del Rey. He's fucking, <laughs> his voice is so fucking loud. Because he's a rocker, man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's his hearing went years ago. <laughs> so I'm like, I seem tough because I'm trying to talk over Dean. All right. Well, all you guys, subscribe, listen, comment to the podcast, spread the word. Uh, thank you for joining the Yo Show. Thanks, Mike.